0: Hey there, and thank you for tuning in to The Designated Pundits. Today, we're previewing the 2024 season for the LA Galaxy. Joining us again for the second time here on I-80 Sports is Eric the Hammer from Corner of the Galaxy. Eric, how are you doing today?
1: How's it going, Bob? Good to be back. Excited to talk 2024 LA Galaxy because 2023 LA Galaxy is definitely something uh, that I don't want to rehash and revisit. So excited to be <laughs> oh, on the Oh, we
0: are talk. going to tonight, <laughs> baby. I have the first 15 minutes set aside just for that. Um, Eric, you go by the Hammer. Did I ever yeah. ask you how you got that Is it appropriate to tell on... It,
1: it is. It's it's actually podcast. more team than maybe it, it might seem or it might appear. So the full nickname is the Portuguese hat, uh, and it just came from just <laughs> I used to work at Parks and Rec, and we used to have all these outings where we'd you know go bowling and do all these different things, and so uh, I was known to kind of make a fool of myself and have a little fun. So I was basically shot putting a bowling ball. And, uh, and you know, it's had the hammer logo, the bowling logo, which is hammer bowling. So it's, it's the Portuguese hammer. One of my friends called me that and it ended up sticking. And then we ended up doing some podcasts, podcasts later in life. Uh, and so they hadn't really called me that, but then when we started podcasting, that's how he introduced me. And for whatever reason it stuck. So it's one of those where you can't call yourself that name, but when someone else calls you, you kind of have to go with the flow. And so I've learned to love it. The Portuguese hammer, the hammer, whatever you want to go by it, it works It plays. You can't pick your own nickname. You just have
0: a hand up to you. And I've, I've heard a lot worse than the Portuguese hammer. We'll, <laughs>
1: exactly. We'll exactly. When you get that. something as good as the hammer of the Portuguese, you got you to gotta latch on to it. So I'm, I'm not mad at it.
0: For as good as your nickname is, your team had a miserable season in 2020. <laughs> That's a transition. You see what I just did That's there? Well done. You're a pro. You've done this before. <laughs> 8, 12, and 14, 13 in the Western Conference. 13th out of how many teams? Four, 14. Not great. 51 yeah. goals scored. 67 allowed tied for a third worst in major league soccer that left you with a negative 16 goal differential and a missed playoff berth uh by by a quite handsome what seven <laughs> points on on the standings we do have to talk about 2023 recap it for us <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was it was a weird year. We were kind of talking off air before we went live here. The mics went hot, and just how everything it didn't seem like the galaxy can get things going on paper. It looked like they had pieces. You had Chicharito returning. You had Douglas Costa, you know, looking to revive things. You had Yovolich. Uh, He was you know a spark off the bench, and so you said, "Okay, there's there's pieces here. We can make things work." But for whatever reason, it just couldn't get going. Last season, the start of the season was marred by you know a fan boycott wanting, uh, president Chris Klein, who had just signed an extension, they wanted him out. So there was a boycott going on of not going to games. It created this weird tension and friction within the team. Whenever Greg Vanny, uh, spoke to the press, it always created, uh, you know, it was always a talking point. So it didn't seem like they could focus on what was happening on the field. And so the galaxy got off to a slow start playing in very sparse looking stadiums. And it was just a, you know, a slow start. And then the players couldn't get going. And then as the season went on, uh, Chris Klein was relieved of his duties or, you know, resigned. And then the galaxy began to turn around. There were some kind of, you know, bright points in the middle of the season. But whenever they would start to get momentum, then a player would get injured. You know, something would happen. There was always some type of, you know, issue. You know, we had Chichorito went out with the season ending injury about halfway through the season. Martin Caceres, you know, who was one of our strong defenders, went out with a season ending injury. Ricky Puj was our MVP of the season, really, but uh, towards the end of the season, when you needed to make that push for the playoffs, he was injured. Gaston Brugman was another player who was key in the midfield. He was out injured. Uh, So it just seemed like whenever they could get a little bit of momentum, those injuries would just kill them. And so it wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, the players that just they were never able to really get gelling and they really couldn't you know greg Vanny couldn't get his system going you saw it with the backline negative 16 goal differential uh you know i don't care how good your offense is when, when your defense is that bad you're not going to be able uh, to make a playoff run so it's just just an odd odd year and that's why i was mentioning that i'm happy to put it behind us and kind of look forward because you don't have that overhang you know there's still a lot of improvements to be made you know you mentioned only 14 teams to finish 13th on, on top of it, that was kind of our running joke on our podcast was, you know, they win, do a two game win streak. It's still 13th place. Then you drop points. Colorado would still do bad. And then you're still in 13th place. So we just couldn't get out of that. So I think there's definitely more optimism going into this season. But I think there's also a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uncertainties and questions up in the air t- to see where, uh, where, where they pan out once the season gets going.
0: And yeah, my co-host who couldn't be here tonight always mentions that Galaxy was a good bad collection of good players everyone on paper looked good um it did not work on the field if i talk all the time about how st louis city ended up at the top of the western conference because of their good start they had a very mediocre season five game winning streak to start if we look at your first seven games zero wins three draws four losses then you get a win at home against austin two more losses if not for that what is that a one three and six stretch if you pick up just two wins, your playoff team. Yeah, and no
1: and that, one in the
0: Western that's... Conference wanted to step up and be that guy. And I think that is why you guys, the LA Galaxy, could have a, a good season in 2024. But we do need to talk about some contributors from last year. Now, made a chart of all the goal scores. You had Ricky uh Ricky, Puig, uh, Ricky Puig, seven goals, four assists. Tyler Boyd, seven goals, four assists. You had Billy Sharp come in, six goals. Dejan Joveljic six goals, three assists. Douglas Costa finally contributed something. Three goals, seven assists and Raheem Edwards. I believe he's out this year. Two goals, three assists. You did have a nice mattering of goal scores. You didn't have the 15, 20, 25 goal score that you you wanted. You did not have Chicharito at the top. Like the plan was to be at the beginning of the season. However, you have some nice contributors here.
1: Yeah. You, you kind of mentioned it right there uh, is, they didn't have the main goal scorer and so that really was the spot that chicharito was supposed to occupy and something that day on who um he's been a spark off the bench and that was kind of his specialty and so he was always hungry to get those starting minutes and last year he had every opportunity in the world to take that starting spot and make it on his, his own and he just couldn't get it going and so you know day on was someone who we hoped could have been that 10 to 15 uh goal a season type guy, and he fell flat and couldn't get it going. So then that's why they brought in someone like Billy Sharp, who came in the last—I I, want to say the last ten games of the season, maybe even a little bit more—and you know was able to match Yovalich's, uh, you know goal go, goal outing based on just you know a third of the games. And so that was one of those interesting moves. Uh, you want to came to extending players and bring players back for the season to not six see goals Sharp and seven hundred
0: twelve minutes for Billy Sharp. Yeah, that is yeah that, that was very very good. That is consistent and Billy Sharp. I mean, it's an old man. He he had a it's Walker a out there and he was putting the ball in the back of the net.
1: It's one of those you know, uh form is temporary, class is permanent. When a guy knows how to put the ball in Perfect. the back of the net, he knows how to put the ball in the back of the net. And so that's someone who you know we're going to see how that turns out this year because it seems like. Greg Vanny and Will Kunzer, general manager, has every faith in the world, and they're putting a lot of faith in Yovlitch to be that guy this year. Um, but you know, you kind of saw it with with Puj, that He was the MVP of the season. He's gonna he carried the team. Uh, you know, for the, the those bulk runs where they were able to to look good, it was on the back of Ricky Puj. And so, if he's able to get on, you know, get some more assists, he's gonna get, those goals are gonna come, and he's gonna be able to get the support around. Some of that was surprising. We didn't know what we were gonna get out of Tyler Boyd. Uh, Someone who's out of the country had some, you know, couldn't get some playing time over in Turkey. So he he bet on himself with a one-year contract and he really showed out and he was, you know, quietly, if it wasn't for Ricky Puj would have been the MVP of the season, but it was a tough, uh, you know, tough, tough match when you go up against someone with a quality like Ricky, but he was someone who impressed the fans and basically played himself into, uh, you know, high demand where he was able to kind of demand his price because his contract was up and was able to get a better offer from Nashville and end up And uh, Nashville heading up, was
0: happy to pay yeah. whatever he wanted. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a team, they're the opposite of you. Outside of Hani mm-hmm. Mukhtar, they got nothing. Now they got Tyler mm-hmm. Boyd and now now they're really cooking with fire. Let's take a look at this depth chart first. Uh, sorry, no, not time yet. Incoming, outgoing players. Incoming, outgoing players. Um, Gabriel Peck, he's last on the uh, sheet here, but he's first in our minds. You yeah. got a new right winger. Yeah.
1: he He's someone who, you know, the galaxy are very high on. He fits the profile of what they needed. When we talk about Tyler Boyd exiting, uh, that was left the LA galaxy fans with a lot of head scratching. It's like, why are we letting one of our top contributors from last season going? But the thought process was, is that if you let someone like Tyler Boyd go, it's because you don't want someone of Tyler Boyd's level riding the bench. And so the expectation is that you were going to bring in. Um, you know, a rel- not necessarily a big name, but someone who's going to be, you know, a top MLS winger. And so that's what the Galaxy are expecting out of Gabriel Peck, someone who had a great season with Vas- Vasco da Gama down in Brazil. Uh, last season, someone who's on the Brazil national team radar, he's actually just finishing up the pre-Olympic tournament with Brazil, started a lot of games there, uh, you know, got got a couple assists, got some goals in there. And so, you know, as a Galaxy fan wanting some interest in the new signings, we watched some of those pre-Olympic qualifiers and you saw the flash that you would expect from uh, you know, a Bra- young Brazilian player. He has a lot of that, that sizzle that you expect. And, and from what uh, management mentions about him, it seems like he's gonna be a hardworking player. Um, one of those things that you know, Twitter isn't real life, X isn't real life, but if those comments are to be believed, Vasco da Gama fans were very sad and upset when those talks were in, coming up. That he was possibly going to get purchased by the LA Galaxy. So whenever a team is sad to lose a player, that's a good sign. So I think the Galaxy have a nice, uh, you know, bright young player and their designated player Gabriel Peck who's going to be able to contribute. The expectations are going to be sky high because, uh, you know, with Dejan Jovetic, you know, not being the major goal scorer from last season, and yeah. Chicharito gone, Douglas Costa gone, Tyler Boyd gone, he's going to be expected to, uh, you know be in that you know eight to ten goal range and com- combined in the, probably that eight to ten assist range as well so the expectations are high for
0: him. you Signed a backup striker miguel berry who's an mls pro i think he's just about maybe slightly under league average he'll fill in when jovial can't go but there's n- i'm not excited for miguel berry <laughs> to join uh the la galaxy by by any means you also grabbed uh john mccarty um new goalie there that'll be nice yeah, for the- you guys and I really want to talk about the fullback position because you brought in a young Japanese player. Uh, can you help me with his name and, and talk a little bit about him?
1: Yeah, that's Mickey Yamane. He's someone, uh, you know, coming from uh, the Japanese League, the J League. Uh, part of the reason and kind of, you know, we we'll talk about building the defense. You saw that negative goal differential and where they were last season. It was about strengthening those relationships along that back line. Brought in towards the end of last season was a player called Maya Yoshida. And so he was someone who has some European pedigree, played with the Japanese national team, played in some World Cups. And so Miki Yamane is someone who's played with him on the national team before. So there's that relationship there that that's kind of built upon. So he's expected uh, to be our, our starting uh, outside back there. We uh, lost, uh, again, the na- name's escaping me. Of course, right when you go live, this is how it works out, how quickly <laughs> we go against if We had a, a Brazilian player on loan. Uh, last season who played the right on the right back position and so he had a a injury last season so due to the injury because he was on loan the galaxy did not recall that loan so that left a hole on that outside back position so making that was uh, a caligari right caligari thank you my it's one of those where once the lights are brightened, the mics get turned on all of a sudden the brain stops working but yes caligari someone who quietly was one of the galaxy's best defensive players but again injuries devastating the back line once he went out only Uh, 1900 minutes yeah yeah, they weren't able to get right so um the expectation again is high with yamane who has the pedigree of being a national team japanese national team player uh someone who likes to go forward uh based on the profile that he's been scattered on so he's going to be filling in in that role where the galaxy likes to attack on the wings and so he'll be doing some of that backfill and then what we've noticed in the preseason he's, he's drifting almost like a secondary central defensive mid and so as the Galaxy push forward, he slides in more centrally. And then that allows people like Gaston Brugman, Ricky Puj, to push forward more and not have as much defensive responsibility, which if you've watched Ricky Puj play, his magic is really on the offensive side. You don't want to need to rely on him.
0: Absolutely. I love that little uh, Japanese connection that you guys got in the back line. I looked up. There's only 12 nationals who've ever played uh, in MLS from Japan. You guys have two of them now on your yeah, roster. That's market sh- for sure. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, California, you have I'm high Japanese population, you have the fans there willing to, you know, play the games. I, I'm a big uh, you know, believer that, you know, those kind of connections help pack stadiums. We we have, you know, I'm I'm a Red Bull supporter. In Harrison there's a huge Portuguese community. And apparently Nani was available to move to major league soccer and he didn't go to Red Bull. That was a huge missed opportunity. And mm-hmm. you know, I'd love to see you guys not only do that, but also you know maybe some bring in some more players for from Japan. I'd love to see uh, more Asian players in League Soccer.
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, you're you're speaking to my heart right there. New Jersey, Massachusetts. There's Portuguese people kind of all across the coast there. So it, you're you're absolutely right. Those connections. Are where you build your lifetime fans. You know, for the LA Galaxy, they were celebrating uh, the birthday of Mauricio Cienfuegos, who's one of our legendary players. But you know, he was you know Central American Salvadorian, and so when you know you talk about Galaxy fans who have been there from day one, it's because of those connections, having someone from their home country play in their stadium and so you build lifelong fans that way so now with <laughs> Shohei Otani to the Dodgers and kind of their Japanese thing you have Miki Yamane and Maya Yoshida there's a Japanese connection so there's a lot of uh, buzz if you're a, J- a Japanese fan in Southern California
0: I remember I'm an Atlanta Braves fan don't ask how I ended up in New York at being an Atlanta <laughs> Braves fan Um, and when they got their first Japanese player they said you know we're going to lead in the Japanese market and they had like uh, a cultural advisor they had you know uh, assistant coaches brought on just to speak the language um i'd love to see you guys do something like that and mm-hmm. and if you guys can lead in that market a lot of potential a lot of a destination yeah let's talk about um i'm gonna pull up the depth now is the depth chart segment and there i'll pull go. that up in <laughs> just a minute but first before i do talk about coach formation starting 11 uh team play style what should i expect if i turn
1: on a galaxy game what you're going to expect is a lot of possession um if all things go to plan um, when Ricky Puj, Mark Delgado, and Gaston Brugman were on the field last season, they dominated possession in all those games where they were in. Uh so you know, were they able to control the pace of the game, um, you know, kind of slow things down where they were unlucky or unfortunate where the things never got clicking was obviously that final third and getting those passes in behind the back line, getting, uh, you know, Douglas Costa to kind of perform. He did perform towards the end of the season, that back half of the season, but that was about two and a half years too late after a lot of the disappointment, disappointments that he brought. So with someone like Gabriel Peck, who's now going to be on the team, Diego Fugundes, who was brought in towards the end of last season. He's expected to be the starter day one. There's been some rumors. The expectation is that another uh, winger is going to be a DP winger is going to be, uh, joining the galaxy at some point. You know, we don't know who that is going to be, but the galaxy have the budget they're willing to spend. It's just a matter of who they're going to be able to land in that position. But if you go on a MLS stalwart, like Diego Fugundes, if he can get back in form, shake off some of the rust that he had last year, uh, with Austin and kind of his discomfort with joining the galaxy late in the season, that's not a bad option to have, uh, to start your season. So I think if you have that possession, with Puj, Delgado, and Brugman in the middle, then you have the play from Fagundes and Peck opening things up. Then the joke is, Dejan Jovalic, he doesn't have to do that great. He just basically has to stay on side and let Peck do all the work, let Fagundes do the work, and those goals are going to come. So that's one of those things offensively that you're going to be working for. I kind of dropped the hint a little bit with Yamane kind of providing some of that relief to the midfield, and then the relationship with Yoshida. That's something that Vanny, Greg Vanny is a defender himself, a defensive style Uh, Coach, So that's something that, you know, he's going to be on his players to get right and to be more successful. So uh, that backline is something that um, you're going to hope to see improved with that relationship with Yoshida and Yamane. Didn't talk much about the other side, but Julian Ade is another Argentine young player um, you know, who looked a little bit uncomfortable when he came in last season. So you hope now with a you know some MLS experience, kind of knowing how the game is played and what to expect, that he'll settle in. He's someone who's on the youth uh, Argentina national team level. And so that's someone who's the quality is definitely there. Just a matter of getting right. And then on the other, you know, uh center back position, that's something that uh, you know, is a little bit of a worry. Chris Mavinga is either you know you either have uh you we were joking about it with my co-host you know josh yeah. guess when he said he's either a one or he's an eight he's nowhere in between he's either a complete disaster or he has a solid game so that's someone who you can't really rely on so something someone like martin casares who's you know uh, a legendary uruguayan defender if he can Stay healthy, then he's someone who's going to be able to pair on with the experience Yoshida and Caceres. and then Jalen Neal. Unfortunately, was one of our bright young uh, center backs, but he has an injury that's going to have him out probably for the first couple months of the season. So that backline, those relationships will hopefully be improved. But then you'll see a lot of possession with that core in the center that can stay healthy. Yeah, Mavinga, 100.
0: I mean, Toronto FC. He he won the he uh, you know won the Supporters Shield. Yeah. Um, with them came in multiple top three MLS finishes with that team. Uh, he'll be 32, so he shouldn't be quite as old as maybe he looked at points last year. Yeah. But that's <laughs> that's something you want to rotate that out as as soon as possible. Um, Jalen Neal, a guy who I, you know I couldn't have talked good good enough about during last season. Yeah. And I know his uh, his mom's always on Twitter uh, singing his praises yeah, too. Love team
1: that. mom. Yeah, you got to love it. You got to love the support there.
0: All right. I think we kind of covered most of the other positions here. Um, let's just talk about this midfield. Uh, Ricky Puj kind of lining up as your your number 10. Incredible, incredible skill on the ball. But behind him, Marco Delgado and uh, Gaston Brugman. Let's talk about what they do. Is this like a six and an eight, two eights? How, how are they playing? How do we expect this midfield to, to line up?
1: Yeah, you have Delgado more in the in the sixth position, dropping a little bit deeper, and Brugman uh more as that eight. He's kind of the enforcer, someone who does a lot of the dirty work where it's not going to show up on the stat sheet. But when you talk about someone who's tracking back, breaking up plays, uh, you know, cutting a counterattack, kind of stopping that and breaking up the play, that's really Brugman's specialty. So he's also, you know, the Ricky Puj protector. So Puj with someone being someone who likes to dance around the ball. You need someone who when those hacks start to come and you know the game starts to get physical you need someone who's going to step in there and be your your enforcer your bruiser and that's really what brugman is not to say that doesn't have talent and can't push forward and isn't talented there with his possession he can get out of a lot of tight spaces just like delgado and Puj as well but he really is kind of the heart and the engine one unsung heroes of the la galaxy so while you'll see puja get a lot of the the headlines and a lot of the spotlight the Dirty work from Delgado and Brugman, uh, the Galaxy's bread is going
0: Times with Brugman where I just saw he looked like the best player on the field. Like this this yeah. has to be the it guy midfielder, and, and he's not. I mean, that's just really <laughs> stacked. Uh, that's a, certainly the, the strength of this team is going to be run through the midfield this year. I did pull up a few questions that we have heading into this season because not everything is, you know, as it seems, you guys were quite bad last year. Um, can Galaxy return to the playoffs? I I know that that's kind of a loaded question, and the answer is, of course, (laughs) yes, because we haven't played a game yet. Let me rephrase it: If you find yourself in a top six position in the Western Conference,
1: what went right? I I think if you find yourself in a top six position, then what went right is the goals started to come because I think defensively you're going to see an improvement. You know, like you said, you hate to speculate with you know how bad they did last season, but there's only way you can go is up, right? Can't get much worse <laughs> than it was last season although I'll, I'll hopefully this won't be clipped and brought back to be thrown in my face but <laughs> if if you know the galaxy are successful it is going to be Dejan jovelich got hot gabriel peck was someone who is going to get in the double digits either in insists and goals i think that's going to be where your differences are made well i mentioned and spoke so highly of the midfield that's really more about the possession and the creativity but where the difference is going to be in the final third. We saw it last season for the bulk of the season, Delgado push and Brugman. They were healthy and the wins didn't come. So where the difference is going to be, is in that final third, that finishing, that's where it's going to have to go. So unfortunately you would love to say, you know, MLS cup contenders every year, you know, it's the blank slate. Anything could happen. Anything is possible. But if we're really being real with ourselves as uh, egotistical as galaxy fans have the reputation to be i think getting back in the playoffs is step one of where they need to go given how bad last season was you can say that's a lower bar you can make fun of it for he is but getting back in the playoffs and getting right and getting those goals to come i think that's a, a massive step uh in the right direction given how bad things were last season
0: my next two questions are kind of tied together how do you continue the roster rebuild and is joe Valich enough does he have enough to keep and hold a starting spot My two positions, the weakness for you is like left wing and Mm -hmm. center forward because Digo Fagundes is a known commodity. He's had issues staying on the field. And if you're relying on him to be, you know, kind of like what Sporting Kansas City did a few years ago where they had two elite wingers score 10 goals each Mm -hmm. with, uh, who is it? Shallowby and I guess Johnny Russell there, Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're going to have some problems if you expect Diego Fugunez to to put up d- double yeah. digit goals. If you're relying on him to do, I think he can do that. If that's plan a, that's a bad plan. A uh, what else has to happen to this roster?
1: Yeah. It, it's kind of funny that you group those together because I think they, they're absolutely tied together in terms of where the rebuild goes. So you're right. The going into this season, the galaxy have been hungry in terms of going after a DP winger. They just haven't landed that fish yet. So uh Fagundes is not option a, if he's a depth piece, then that's absolutely something you can rely on. If you know, for the first 10 games of the season, you can rely on Fagundes, you know, during the preseason it's preseason. So we'll, we'll call it for what it is, but he is one of the lone key uh bright spots for the galaxy it has been Diego Fagundes. So if he can have, you know, a serviceable first third of the season. I agree with you. I don't think you could rely on him to be the game changer for 34 games for an entire season, but if he can just contribute, then that will be a successful. So a successful year for him and for the galaxy. So where they'll continue to build, they're looking to bring in that left winger. And in terms of Jovalich holding that starting spot um, there, there's not a lot of people behind him. You know, you have um, Miguel Berry, like you mentioned, but you know, not someone who's setting the stat sheet on fire. Um, we have some, uh, another backup in, Adrian Bibu, who's a, a Galaxy 2 player. So again, if you're relying on your Galaxy 2 players to take his spot, that's not going to be someone who's going to be taking that spot as well. So they have a lot of faith in Jovalich, but I think where you're going to see if he holds that starting spot. If you get to the summer and those goals aren't coming, then the summer transfer window, you're going to have to go out and look for someone, you know, who had is coming off a season in Europe or someone who's, you know, performing at the Euros or Copa America, you're going to have to look for someone uh, to bring in at that center forward position because they're putting a lot of faith in Jovetic now, and he's going to have until the summer to prove himself and make that spot his own. To say, okay, we're set. He he is, you know, the player that they went out and got and had a lot of high hopes for. But if it doesn't work out for him this season, then I think uh, his time is up and he's going to have to look elsewhere. So you know, he, the, it's there, it's in there. It's just a matter of can he can he turn it on and can he
0: love it. Eric, the Portuguese hammer from Corner of the Galaxy. Thank you so much for joining us again. Let everyone know where we can find your work because it is fantastic. One of the uh,
1: best LA podcasts. Appreciate it. Yeah, you can hear me uh, just about every Thursday on Corner of the Galaxy. So that's at Galaxy Podcast. Uh, so our host, Josh Gesman, does a lot of the heavy lifting on Mondays and Thursdays. They were just out at the Coachella Valley Invitational doing a live show there. So big, big stuff going on there. Must be nice. All- They're out
0: there playing soccer in 90 <laughs> degrees. I'm shoveling a foot of snow tomorrow morning.
1: I was, I was going to say I'm, I'm currently in, uh, in, in Texas right now. That's, that's where I reside, you know, originally from Southern California, but I was watching the game on stream. Uh, you know, in Coachella, in the the backdrop with palm trees and the snow-capped mountains, Uh, you know, that's that's a great advertisement for all those teams. You see why they would come out there for the preseason. So, uh, you know, that's what they were doing out there with the Galaxy podcast. But of course, if you want to follow me personally, I'm at HammerEV9 on all the platforms. So uh, Twitter X, uh, Instagram, all those fun things. So I have some interviews posted, you know, a lot of fun content. I try to keep it more light and the fan perspective so if you want to have you know the hard-hitting news focused stuff you go to galaxy podcast and you'll get that from our hosts and then i bring a little bit more of the let's not take ourselves so seriously piece of it so if that's more your style more your vibe then you can go to my personal opinion
0: love it eric thank you so much and thank you everyone else for tuning in this is another episode of the designated pundits we have 10 teams left before we cover all 29 major league soccer teams it's a heck of a ride let's keep going and uh, thank you for watching